Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg. Podcast. We definitely all have different feelings about debt. Pay off your credit card each month, carry no balance. Get a mortgage, try to pay it off sooner. Do everything you can to stay out of debt, which might mean living modestly. You got to keep up with it. But yeah, I definitely think about it often. Don't buy into those credit cards. They will ruin your life. A snowball that you want to get rolling as early as possible. Well, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, a surge in credit card spending and home purchases increased American household debt by $313 billion in the second quarter of this year. And that's the largest jump since 2007. Mike, in your opinion, as a financial advisor for over 20 years now, and as a fiduciary, should we be debt-free when we stop working? Well, I think there's a difference between being retired and debt-free in this report. And I'll get back to your question, Christian, but the report concerns me because it's reminiscent of 2008, right? When, Mm. When there was just all of this debt that people had with their households and then the economy got bad, they lost jobs and they couldn't cover the expense. And so we've all heard the ads. I mean, all you have to do is turn on the radio and there's somebody selling mortgages and they're gonna save you money and interest rates are at all time lows or turn on the TV, listen, you know, take money out of your house now because it's appreciated to this big amount. Well, you know, that's true if we look around the United States and we look at home values, there's clearly a bubble there. But I'm worried about what's going on, because if you're borrowing money against the value of your house today in a bubble, and then the value of your house isn't likely to be that high in the future, now you have this debt you have to pay off. And you kind of see where I'm going back to that Mm -hmm. 2007, 2008 period where people were borrowing money and, and it just turned into a problem. So I don't like it, and I don't like it for markets, and I don't like it for the economy, not right now in the short term, but in the long term, I think it's a potential problem. So okay. this is just another reason something to, to keep our eye on for keep sure. Keep our eye on. Right. And something that we're keeping an eye on because I don't think that ends well and I think it'll continue. So that number I think it's higher as far as the amount that uh, people are borrowing against their homes, I think it's higher and higher. So now back to your question. Should we be debt free in retirement? Well, it depends on how you feel. So technically interest rates are low enough right now that if you have a complete financial plan, in other words, you, you know how your money's likely to work for you, you know where your income's coming from, you adjust it for inflation and taxes moving forward, and you've got the right financial plan, it's not a big deal to have a debt with a home mm-hmm. because interest rates are very low. Now, in financial services, we would refer to that as leverage. So if interest rates are really, really low and your payment works with your budget, then carrying debt on a home probably isn't a bad idea because historically interest rates are extremely low right now. They're probably gonna be higher in the future. Again, I've had clients in their 80s, and the only reason I mention 80s is if you're 80, your life expectancy isn't as long as if you're 60, right? So um, you're 80 and you go get a 30 year mortgage, chances are you're not gonna live to 110, right? True. But hey, I mean, why have all that money tied up in a house? I mean, uh, those clients can, finance it, carry that debt throughout at a low interest rate. Yeah, sure, they'll pass away before the loan's paid off, but ultimately what was their goal? Was it to live in a home that's paid off or was it to enjoy retirement? They had the opportunity to enjoy retirement. If the if the bank takes the house back at the end, you know, so be it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Now, the other frame of thought would be, hey, listen, Mike, it just makes me really, really uncomfortable to have debt in retirement. I just want to know that if the sky is falling, my home's paid off, and I got a place to sleep, right? That's the other way to look at it. And so when I'm having these conversations with individuals at the office, and they ask me, well, what is my opinion? And I hate to put it back on them, but I say, well, listen, I want you to be able to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. And if having a mortgage is going to mean you're tossing and turning, then let's come up with a plan where you don't have a mortgage. 
But if you're comfortable with leveraging low interest rates, let's come up with a plan where you can do that. And so, Kristen, financial planning can be flexible, but it's meant to be tailored to the individual or to the family and make sure that it works for them. It's my job to make sure you don't run out of money in retirement. There's different ways to go about doing that, but I want to tailor it to the individual and make sure it works for each family. That's what makes Mike and the team at Talent Wealth Management stand out above the rest, at least in my opinion, is their planning. It's about you, what you've done, what you want and what you need and what's happening with your family. To find out more, guardingyournestegg.com. How many hours of sleep do you get a night typically? And do you uh, snore? Is this your snoring that Katie sent me? That's no, not you. it's not. No, no okay. I'm not a big snorer. I mean, I, it may happen later in life, but I'm not a big <laughs> snorer. I've got a hard wake up time of like 6 a.m. just because, you know, that's it. So regardless of when I go to bed, it's pretty much 6, 630. I, and my body just says, hey, it's time to get up. Yeah. So uh, probably get seven, eight hours of sleep. Hey, that's like pretty that. good. Yeah. I'm about seven or a little less is my average. But according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, in 2020, Americans got an average of 10 more minutes of sleep per day than the year before. I guess there were only so many shows to binge, so some extra Zs does make some sense to me. I did nap a little during the pandemic. But, Mike, you help people plan their financial future. And often they complain that certain things keep them up at night. What are typically the issues that cause them that tossing and turning? Well, I think for most people, I mean, the biggest concern is, I mean, you turn on the TV and you get the 24-hour news cycle and it's scare tactics 24-7. That's how they get your eyes glued to the TV and that's how they sell advertising. But you have to take a common sense approach to investing and you have to take a look at what's likely to happen moving forward when it comes to markets. And so a conversation that I'm having time and time again at the office is, hey, Mike, what do you think is going to happen? Because what has them lose sleep is, My nest egg's doing pretty good or really well right now because markets are doing very, very well. But when does this end? When does the market go down? I can't afford to lose 10, 20, 30, 40% of my portfolio. I want to make this transition into retirement or I want to stay retired. And if I lose too much of my principal, that's going to become a problem. And people wonder, what is the plan? And so there's a tendency to go, you know, I'm just not willing to commit to the market at this point. It's at or near all-time highs. So I'm just going to stay out of the market. But then they continue to see markets go up, and then they're frustrated by that. And so we have to take a look at just fundamentals. And if we take things into consideration, let's take a look at, first of all, employment. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that drives the market one way or the other is going to be employment numbers. And so if people are employed and working and spending money, the stock market tends to do better. So we're coming off right now of all of these unemployment benefits and different states have handled it differently, but pretty much everyone, unless they make a change, right? There's okay. always a, um, a disclaimer, but pretty much everybody comes off of unemployment benefits in September all across the US, right? So mm-hmm. we're coming up on September and we just had some really, really great jobs numbers. Well, that shouldn't be a shock, right? I mean, we could have anticipated that the jobs numbers were gonna be doing better and better because they know they're losing the unemployment checks, right? So they're gonna be out getting jobs. So we can expect those numbers to look good. We're dealing with some things, you know, the, the Delta variant of COVID is a potential headwind, but again, it's more contagious, less lethal we are better equipped to deal with COVID than we were before. So are we likely to see shutdowns around the world again? Maybe in some countries, 
But in the U.S., we're much better equipped to handle it, even though we're, we know we're going to see cases spike. So, again, potential headwind. But I don't think, for the most part, the market is going to be too concerned about that because the likelihood of shutting this economy down again is lower than it was prior. And so as we have more of an understanding of what COVID is likely to do, or we have more confidence in our ability to deal with COVID, as people are going back to work, if anything, I think the Delta variant of COVID is incentivizing people to get vaccinated, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, so it has shown that it's effective against Delta and or maybe your symptoms would be less severe if you got the Delta variant of of COVID. Yeah, keep things going more normal, which is what we all want, frankly. Exactly. And and if there's a silver lining to Delta, right, it's that it's likely to encourage more people to get vaccinated. I mean, so listen, I manage money for a living for, Mm -hmm. you know, families all over the U.S., more vaccinations means more confidence that the economy will do well and won't shut back down and means the market probably does well. Hey, I never um, thought about it that way. The more people yeah. that are vaccinated, we can feel more confident about the economy. That's a really interesting perspective. You know, you, you kind of peel back the layers. Because it mitigates some say, risk, and it's all about that. Risk. Yeah. That's right. So you start peeling back layers, and you can't forecast too far out. But if you forecast the next several months or if you just forecast the third quarter, which we're in now, it's probably pretty good. Um, You get into the fourth quarter. I hope it's good. Probably good. A little less certain. But eventually, you know, what everybody's worried about, which is things like inflation, things like spending, things like our debt. I mean, all of these things are going to come to roost. And I'm not super confident going into, you know, first, second quarter of 2022. And again, that could change. But here's the thing. If you're sitting down and talking to somebody about their investments and talking to them about their financial future, and as long as you come up with a plan that says, all right, we're going to do the best we can to navigate this. And if it's likely to do well, we're going to be more aggressive because we want to you know, capture gains when they're available. But if the risk is just too high, if the probability of success is low, why stay committed to a plan that's likely to lose money? Mm-hmm. Why not just move your clients into a more conservative position? So there's some back and forth there. And, and, and people who don't have active management in their portfolio are stuck with a hang in there approach. And I just don't believe long term, particularly in, in the environment we're in right now, that that's a winning strategy. This is Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is a registered representative of and offers securities through World Equity Group Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Retirement Wealth Advisors. Talent Wealth Management and Retirement Wealth Advisors are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group Inc. Michael Lester is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talent Wealth Management, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this radio station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer to only fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by Retirement Wealth Advisors. Florida license number D056341. California license number 0N00828.